Catch Up with Cat. Hello and welcome once again to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey. A little show with big dreams of being able to help and make a little bit of a difference. I'm joined this morning by Scotland's National Chef, Senior Lecturer at City of Glasgow College and a Master Chef, the Professionals Champion. It's Gary McLean. Good morning to you, Gary. Hiya, how are you doing, Kat? You good? I'm not too bad at all. Really delighted to be talking to you. That's quite an impressive CV, Gary. I feel like I'm in safe hands. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's the the many years and many titles that kind of build up to that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the reality is, the, the reality is, it's all very straightforward stuff. Um, so just a bit, of, <laughs> bit of fun with food, to be honest. I've spent my career just well, uh, enjoying it and seeing what happens next and uh, it tends to be some good stuff. Perfect. What is, like, I mean, please don't, I'm not massively up on um, titles. Yes. So I'd never actually heard of Scotland's National Chef before. Yes. What is Scotland's National Chef? Sounds amazing. So it's, the official line is it's an appointment, uh, a voluntary appointment uh, by the Scottish Government and basically I give my time uh, to different aspects and different sort of food challenges. It might be, um, you know, things like the summer hunger campaigns. And um, there was a kind of there was a kind of two page brief when it all came out, but I've really just focused on food education and, and kids getting fed. Um, so I've tried to keep it that small. And then on the odd occasion, I get to go abroad and get my stick my chest out and tell everybody how amazing their produce is. So <laughs> it's got two different sort of angles to it. I love that. You can just spread the word of our amazing food that we've got over here. You mentioned there the teaching side of things. Now, I know that you've worked in lots of lovely restaurants in the past, but you really yep. focus on the teaching, don't you? Why is it you love doing that so much? I think the, the reality is I've been, a, I've been a product of education my whole career. Um, I, I went to the City of Glasgow College, I met my wife Sharon at the City of Glasgow College. It's been a big part of my life. I was there eight years as a student. I was away a year and then I went back part-time. So right through my career, even though I've opened lots of restaurants and, and worked in a lot of different places, I've always been at college. So in 2010, I went full-time and I would say my career just started to take off from that point. Funnily enough, uh, when I went full-time at college, I got really involved and things like competitions and student competitions, which eventually led on to the uh, the MasterChef thing. So life changed uh, at that point quite, quite dramatically. MasterChef, the professionals, you were the champion in 2016, I believe. That must have been quite a journey for you. That's because that's playing with the big boys, isn't it? The, the thing is, you don't. I'm a big MasterChef fan. I, I watch it all the time, and, and it's one of the reasons I uh, entered. I just wanted to see how it happened. But you get caught up in the in the sort of it's it's honestly it's day by day by day. You're just trying to survive it day by day by day. And then after you know about seven weeks of filming in London, you're standing there on your own. It was the strangest um, feeling I've ever had in my life. Now, Gary, you must be quite excited from a, a foodie point of view, and how much food has become a focus for a lot of people during the lockdown period because the meal has become like a highlight of the day, hasn't it? There's been a seismic change in people's attitude towards food. And w what us as sort of chefs, and I mean, she chefs are, I mean, there's a lot of chefs doing this and there's been a lot of chefs involved with the stuff that I've been doing. We're, I think we're hard working and a lot of us were kind of left on the side. It was like, you know, what are we going to do? Um, 
and but there was a different thought process for me when I was looking to do stuff online and share my knowledge and with the, the sort of people of Scotland because people had time in their hands. Yeah. You know, so there's certain things, there's certain skills, there's certain you know, processes that, that I could talk about that I know that people now have time to do. And that can change things a wee bit. Normally when I'm up doing a demonstration, it's a it's very quick, it's about 20 minutes, it's it's quick and easy and simple. With the opportunity here to, to do more complex, but still simple food with an underlying message of using local produce and using up store covered ingredients because, you know, when we started this campaign, we weren't encouraging people to get out. We were looking yeah. you know, to, to people to get things delivered and you know, a lot of local butchers were delivering and that, that sort of sprung that kind of campaign off. Now, you've been working with Quality Meat Scotland. You've been running um, some of their Chef Special series, which is on the Scotch Kitchen social media channels. What are they all about? Have they been good fun? It's, be, it's been brilliant. There's been quite a few sort of, of, the, of the great and the good uh, people at Tom Kitchen and Jack Sedono and, and Justin Wallen. Uh, Andrew Doherty, one of, one of my young chefs at the time back in the day. Um, and we've all been doing kind of online tutorials from home. Um, so, and I think I, I, what excites me is just seeing what everybody's doing because all of us have done something completely different and had a slightly different angle to it. I'm a nosy, nosy so and so, so I like to see how they live. And I've known all of these guys for years, but I've, I've never <laughs> seen their kitchen. So you're you're getting to see a wee glimpse of it. <laughs> and to be honest, I think I think a lot of the the way we're using technology and stuff, I think there's a lot of that. You know, when you look at the news and you're looking behind someone's shoulder to see what's on their bookshelf and all that. And I think that's really really fun. Um, what would your favourite recipe be for a very quick healthy dish then that we can all rattle up in minutes? Um, in terms of, try to think back at some of the recipes that I did, I think my favourite recipe that I did for the challenge, Gary, was a, a beef brisket chilli. So it takes a, a bit of time to cook, but in terms of preparation time, there's absolutely nothing in it. And the flavour of that dish is just incredible, absolutely incredible. And I think that was the dish that surprised me the most. Just, you know, with that, with that cut of uh, brisket, uh, it was yep. probably my best, it's probably my best dish of lockdown, scotch beef brisket. Now, as Scotland's national chef, I'm going to put you on the spot for the final time. Right. Healthy snacking. Gary, help me out. This is my downfall. <laughs> is there uh, such a thing? I know you're going to tell me lovely, beautiful Scottish berries, because they'd be good, wouldn't they? Right. They're not. Well, they, they'll be out soon, which is um, amazing. I, I think, I think to be honest, I think most families now obviously appreciate that they've always got a bowl of fruit somewhere, so we, we kind of will take that out of the equation. Um, my little ones, they are now snacking on little breadsticks and rice cakes. I know it sounds boring, but mm. another thing we did with the, with the kids as well is rather than them asking every two minutes for something from the treat jar or the cupboard or anything else, we gave them a ration per day. So they had a little basket that might have had, oh. it might have had two or three snacks in it, including things like you know the, the breadsticks and little packs of breadsticks and rice cakes and the kids would be in charge of when they used it. And I tell you, nine <laughs> times out of ten, nine times out challenge. of ten, nine times out of ten, they don't touch it. They do not touch it because they're saving it. They save it, save it, save it. Before you know it, they're in bed and the same basket is getting used the next day. Wow. I reckon their snacking has dropped dramatically during lockdown. That's absolute genius. So, and it wasn't my idea. It was my wife's and, and, it, and it works. It works a treat. 
So I, I reckon they're eating about a tenth of little jelly sweets and, and crisps that they would have ever done. Just because they've been given that little bit of freedom. Yeah. That is what you've got for the whole day and they keep away from it, which is quite quite interesting. I, 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 do you know, I, I want, does that work for big people as well? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I need to set myself. A, I need to set myself a limit. <laughs> was like, how big's my box going to be of treats? That's the thing. How many Freddos can I fit in one box? <laughs> oh, Gary, you've been an absolute star. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Keep up all the good work. Where can we see these videos again then? You'll get them at the Scotch Kitchen on Instagram, but they're also on Facebook as well. And don't forget, if you go to clearyourhead.scot, there are sections there on nutrition and fitness as well. Chef Gary McLean, it's been an absolute pleasure. Keep up the good work. I'm off for a healthy snack. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. Joining me for a catch up this afternoon is GP Dr. Poonam Krishan. Welcome back, Poonam. How are you getting on? Hello there. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Now, remind us all of your extremely hectic current family situation you have a new baby don't you yes i do i've got a new baby who was born eight weeks ago so a baby born in lockdown i'm also homeschooling my six-year-old so life as i knew it going from being a gp perfectly in control of my day to complete chaos (laughs) (laughs) and how are you getting on with the little baby Uh, yeah yeah, we're getting there i think just getting through each day one day at a time and uh, trying not to to lose my rag at the end of it every day and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about about in, in a moment but first the last time we spoke you said that I think your sister had had a baby as well but you hadn't been able to see each other have you managed now to get the two families together even though you're socially distanced yeah so last week um, on my birthday may I add Nicola Sturgeon finally gave the go ahead for us to go into phase one so that meant that I was able to for the first time unite my little baby with her grandparents I was able to see my niece so my sister had a baby two weeks before me so um, we had to kind of coordinate this rota system whereby my sister could meet my parents and then I could meet my parents and we could meet each other and then it was like presenting the babies as though it was like Simba Um, (laughs) so it really was just so so lovely Uh, just heart still feels very very full Oh, absolutely. It'll just feel so special when you do. Now, we're going to talk in your GP capacity now about homeschooling because it continues to stress parents out all over Scotland. What advice do you have for the mums and dads who are feeling that they're maybe not in control of this situation and I know there's a lot of them like that. Absolutely, there's just so many factors at the moment that are exacerbating anxiety for parents that are having to work from home in situations suddenly being able to sort of teach um, quite difficult amounts of curriculum which you know they either have long forgotten which is what's in my case um, or just have never (laughs) kind of covered before so in that respect you know anxiety levels are high, frustration levels are really high and children respectively are feeling it too because they're stuck in with their parents all day not meeting their friends not able to kind of go out and kind of run around in the same way as normal so all in all it's just kind of a pressure cooker situation in the in the house so advice that I would give to parents is Firstly, just try and manage your expectations. I think at the very beginning, certainly I had, um, you know, all this enthusiasm for doing timetables and thinking I could get through everything within a day and then feeling quite stressed at the end of it because I was overwhelmed and unable to fulfil that ridiculous Mm. high bar I'd set for myself. So really just 
every day, look at what is achievable, what is manageable and speak to your child about it. I think getting them on board sometimes is one of the best things because if you're trying to enforce stuff onto them, they're just going to retaliate and that's just a no-go for anyone. Um, I think that when start to really recognise either if you as a parent is feeling frustrated or is starting to get a bit ratty, a bit irritable, um, or indeed if your child is showing cues that they're starting to lose it a little bit. Um, so I think at, the, at those moments is just learning to either walk away go into a separate room and yep. just take five minutes and um, try some breathing exercises I tend to do this count to ten and I get my son to actually do it with me and say let's just do ten deep breaths together um, and now let's start again um, I think that now that we have got the ability to get out of the house a lot more it's just in remembering that fresh air and a bit of exercise actually is the best medicine for us and sometimes just going out getting that going back to your work that might be you know a good strategy to just help calm something that i've been doing a lot with my wee boy that i find is helping both of us with our anxiety is um this uh, technique for anxiety it's called the five four three two one so you basically do you you look at five things that you can see around you four things that you can touch around you three things that you can hear around you two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste and it's a great one to do with children because it brings them back into the present moment and it's like it's a real mindfulness exercise exercise without having to sit down like a Buddha and meditate. You mentioned there, Poonam, about cues, you know, the, the kids. What should parents be looking out for? So, yeah, so testing boundaries, so whereby you've, you know, you, you kind of know your kids, um, what, what their regular temperament is like. So if they're starting to, to kind of go out with that, that's definitely something not to ignore. If they're becoming a bit more irritable, if their sleep is starting to become disturbed, um, if their appetites change, so either overeating or not eating enough, um, so these are just some things watching if they're a bit more teary than usual um, or if they're becoming a bit more quiet so all these things um, really let you know what is your child um, what's their mood like uh, and I think that we don't talk to our kids enough about these things I think talking openly about feelings is a really really important exercise to do every day just checking in how are you feeling how is this affecting you it must be difficult do you want to talk about it do you if it's a younger child you know try to do little paintings or pictures together to try and see what is their mood like um, I think these are just great little ways to read your children Now I know my friend's little boy is seven he's been playing up a little bit because he's stuck at home so much but then she gets angry with him because she's trying to work from home and then she feels guilty for getting angry and it's just this constant cycle of emotions so is that something she should be doing as well is just trying to calm the pair of them down Absolutely, and I think guilt is something that every parent feels no matter what we do. Um, we're always beating ourselves up for, for not doing the right thing, which actually, do you know what? There is no right thing at the moment. It's just such a strange time, and I think just taking it one day at a time, if you're finding that you're feeling you know, those overwhelming feelings of guilt or anxiety, it's just really sit and, and, and try to be a bit more mindful about it. Try to write it down. Journaling is a great way of, of just kind of... You know, why am I feeling this way? What is it that I 
um, you know, have, have I set the bar too high today? You know, what can I do for me? And I guess just remembering that if, if things are really bad, it's just reach out to your GP and get that bit of support. There's lots of great online resources as well. I talked last time about Parent Club. They've got some amazing tips on there as well, just for your for parents as well as for children. Um, little things that you can do together to just kind of rein it back into to just getting through one day at a time because I think that's all we can do right now um, and until we get further information about what next. And I know you're a massive fan of this. You did mention the last time keeping a good routine with regards healthy yes. eating, exercise and getting a good night's sleep. It really Absolutely. does keep a, a harmony in a family, doesn't it? Absolutely, because that's the one thing at the moment even I'm struggling with is how do you keep that routine going? And the moment you let routines go, it's that's where you find that children start to particularly lash out or act up because kids particularly thrive on routine. So it's ensuring that if you've had one blip day, you know, ignore it, start again, try and stick to the same sleeping times if you can, try and get up at the same time, keep the meal times regular, and don't over snack. So I think it's just trying to kind of keep that rhythm as though you were still taking your kids to school, still going to work, keep that thing going um, because certainly this is going to be a, the situation for a few months yet for us um, and you just don't want to create lots of bad habits which in, in the long run are going to be difficult to break. Thank you so much for joining me again, Dr Poonam Krishan, GP and just, I don't know, you're just full of lovely, great, helpful advice. Thanks once again. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. So this evening I'm joined by Olympian Kieran Achara from Stirling who's captained the GB, Scotland and the Glasgow Rocks basketball teams. Good evening Kieran. how are you tonight? Good evening Kat, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Excellent, I'm not bad at all, not bad at all. I, I need to start at the very beginning because I love hearing sporting stories and a Scottish basketball legend. How did you get into all of that in the first place then Kieran? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously wasn't the most common sport in Scotland, but uh, when you're six foot ten, it definitely helps. <laughs> uh, but I, I got I got in it. Uh, I went to Stirling High School and uh, third and fourth year uh, for PE. I was really enjoying basketball, and one of the sixth year pupils actually they asked me to come along to the team, uh, for the high school team. So I, I gave it a bash. I really enjoyed it. Me and my friends enjoyed it. We went on and won the Scottish Cup. So I think I was just hooked from then on. You know, we we had some success early on and I was really enjoying that. Now, you retired last year. I guess you probably miss it quite a lot. What have you been up to since then? Because I know you've been a busy boy. Yeah, I mean, once I retired, it was was one of those situations that I kind of prepared for it for a couple of years previously. I went back to university and I did a master's there. Uh, and I was kind of like gearing up for this change, but th- there's nothing that c- uh, prepares you for leaving professional sport. <laughs> it's such a it's such a difference. So uh, my goal was just to stay very, very busy. I'm, I'm not exactly sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I just kind of delved into the things that I really enjoyed. And one of the big things I you know I delved into was uh, it was mental health. Uh, you know, it was one of those things as an athlete. I, I kind of did, you know, take notice of over my last year. So I'm thankful I joined a, a company called Frog Systems. It's a, essentially a, an online platform, you know, to help people with mental health uh, issues. And, uh, you know, I've, I've put all my heart and soul into that recently, as well as doing some athlete mentoring. And why was it you wanted to do this then, to turn your hand at focusing on supporting other people? Was this something that you felt passionately about or something that you just thought you had a bit of a knack for or maybe even a bit of both 
Yeah, I, I think it came down to my, again, going down to my last year at university. I ended up doing my dissertation on the athlete transition out of sport and I laugh now because it was it wasn't education for me it was more therapy <laughs> <laughs> it was trying to sort yourself out <laughs> yeah. well get, getting to speak to people who had went through such you know that change in their life and actually hearing success stories and it kind of gave me hope that I knew I could go on and achieve something and how do you think sport impacted your personal mental health throughout your life, you know, from being a kid, a teenager, right the way up to where you are now? Well, I, I think it's it's definitely, it's helped me, you know, so much. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm a big reflector. I, I reflect in different ways. So I, I think originally, <laughs> basketball specifically, it really, really helped me, allowed me to be me. So as I mentioned, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm six foot ten, I'm black and I'm Scottish. There's not, there's not many of them around, uh, and when you're young, you just kind of want to, <laughs> you just want to fit in, you know. And that was my thing. I, I, I stood out, literally stood out, and I never wanted that for myself. And you know, at, at that time, I brought a lot of attention, uh, and it's attention that, that was unwarranted, that wasn't wanted. But then I found sport, and I was good at sport, and because of that, I used sport to essentially better my life. So that essentially helped me allowed me to embrace my I like yeah. to say embrace my embrace my uniqueness it allowed me to be me and you know thrive at being me and that's my advice for most people it's, it's finding your you, you know you know you, everyone's unique in their own way it's finding that and utilizing it to the best of the ability but the second part of that would be after I retired from sport I never realized how important it was to me so I would say that like going to basketball training was my sanctuary it was kind of like my get away from everything that was allowed me to escape any you know bad thoughts or whatever I just went out and played and that didn't happen anymore so I needed to find new outlets so at this moment in time I'm actually training for a for a marathon uh completely completely new to me I, I've never <laughs> yeah I've I've never done distance running before. It's 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 not a, it's not something that I was uh, you know inclined to doing before. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's my new outlet. I just go for a run, and I'm actually I'm running on behalf of Sam H. Uh, so it's, it's it's quite close to me too. So I'm getting a nice bit of fundraising in there as well. So I'm I'm really enjoying that. It. It's a whole new challenge, a whole new purpose, a whole new drive, and a whole new competitive edge, uh, which for an athlete is something that's kind of normal. Scottish Sports Futures uses sport to empower young people to be confident, healthy and happy. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Amanda Hiddleston, who is one of their 20 wellbeing ambassadors. Hi, Amanda. How are you getting on? Hi, I'm doing great. Not, not living life at the moment with a lockdown, but hey-ho, that's what it is. Oh, I know, I know. But I know you're a positive wee soul. So first of all, tell us a wee bit more about Scottish Sports Futures, what you do and how did you get involved in the first place then? Yeah, so I got involved in Scottish Sports Futures about seven years ago through attending a programme called Twilight Basketball in Ratlock in our local area, which was great. And from that, I got more involved just going up through the programme and got involved in their ambassador programme about three years ago, which led on to this wellbeing ambassador programme, which I'm now part of, which is good fun. Now, what is a wellbeing ambassador then? That sounds like a very important role. What do you have to do? So as wellbeing ambassadors, we approached like SSF with the idea that we wanted to be able to talk a bit more about mental health with young people and how that impacts our daily lives. So I was part of a group of five young people who kind of voiced that. And from that, we grew this initiative of having wellbeing ambassadors that kind of promote 
and create this idea that we can talk about our mental health and not create this stigma and barrier with that. Was that an important thing, do you think, to open up about mental health? Did you find that a lot of you and your peers, it was something that you maybe struggled with to start with? Definitely. We think it was something that we all, everyone's aware of, and you hear terms battered about left and centre, but don't really understand them, and they're kind of pushed aside. But we thought we could create a space for to chat about it, because we all experience our mental health in different ways, whether it's positive or negative at times. Like, it was something we all clearly wanted to know more about and just didn't have the space to do that, and they've now given us the opportunity to do that. Now, I know you've got four main workshops. What are they? Our four main workshops look at social connection, pressure, anxiety, and motivation, which were all topics that we thought were the main ones that we looked at and were thinking about during our seared time and as a group of 20. And how have you adapted to lockdown then? Um, are you able to keep up with people over Zoom, over social media? How have you been helping folk? So as a group of 20, we meet every other week on Zoom just to kind of check in with each other, chat, have a bit of fun. But we're also looking at how we can move some of the workshops and ideas that we created in person to deliver in sports settings, how we can move that online onto like Zoom or onto a call, like a call that we can deliver to other young people to help create the idea that we can still talk about things at the moment. We don't need to, everything's not been put on pause. We can just continue the work that we were doing. And Amanda, have you seen like a visible difference, like some relief from people that have finally been able to open up about their mental health within your workshops? 100%. Like never, to, never two of our workshops look the same. They're always so different. You can go in, we go in with the idea of like, oh, this is what I want to get out of it, but it's never what we get. We always be able to create that space. It's just some of the conversations we've had with young people. You can just see like weights getting lifted off their shoulders because they've got the space and opportunity to chat about things, or even just that side of relief going, "Oh, this is normal. What I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing or thinking." Well, Amanda, good luck with all your future projects, and thank you so much for telling us about Scottish sports futures and what you do. I think you're doing a grand job, Amanda, and good luck to you. Catch up with Cat. We're in this together. I'm back tomorrow afternoon at 3.40 when I'm joined by Scottish pop superstar Amy MacDonald to find out how she's been coping during lockdown. She also has one very unusual relaxation technique that you are not going to believe. Catch up with Kat in association with the Scottish Government.